What in the hell happened to Happy Bait? Well, we got three-time Happy Bait world champ Tim O'Connor in the studio today to give you guys the skinny. This week on The Real Guy Podcast. Clear the airwaves. The Lunker Dog is on the air. Are you ready? This is The Real Guy Podcast. Uh, <laughs> welcome to The Real Guy Podcast. I got four-time world happy bake world champ in the studio today tim o'connor thanks for coming into the lunker dog studios captain jeff how are you it's always a pleasure <laughs> well it's it's good to have you in here did i make it in under the wire for italian heritage month you just missed it that was october i didn't miss anything i saw at least three iraq z28s on the way in so I <laughs> italian heritage month is alive and well italian heritage months went over well here we had um we went over over the top for Italian Heritage Month this this year. Is that possible? Eh, we got we got the worm, a solid horn, a solid horn, and we got Busaka, a solid horn. Wow! Right, we had Busaka over twice for sauce on Sunday. Gravy, gravy, whatever you want to call it. Um, Why am I teaching you Italian things? It's gravy, isn't it? So it's sauce. No, no, it's gravy if you're like South Philly or something like that. But when you're from the North End. Boston, mm-hmm. like where the real Ginzos are, then it's just sauce or you know, Sunday sauce, okay? Because you don't need it's no, and that's the other thing, too, is um, people are under the assumption that the Sunday sauce is always red, it's not necessarily red. Ooh, okay, like you yeah. can do white clam sauce that's really Italian and it's not red. You know, the Irish are easy because whether you're on the north side of Boston, it's still stew, or if you're in the <laughs> east side of fort lauderdale no matter where you are and you're in galway it's still stew well i i figured you'd be schooling us on italian stuff considering you know you're the man at oh the x-man right you're retired now from the um i have stepped aside from the italian festival but i but i'm still i'm still a consigliere so tim o'connor not only is he you know distinguished happy baiter and four time or three time or whatever world happy bait world champ but he also runs the biggest and best Italian festival in the state of Florida. And um, you're stepping down? I ha- Let's just say that I'm stepping aside to let a new wave of leadership take over, and they're going to do a fabulous job. Did the guineas piss you off? or you, you No let- more than normal. <laughs> Well, I mean, you know, it's not a big deal. You know, emotions run high amongst the Italians. They do, but we know we still have some some token Italians in there. Um, there's still an Irish contingent that's really calling the shots. Don't, don't let, don't tell anybody. The potato counter. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Well, we wish. Was that the St. Coleman's? It is the St. Coleman's Italian Festival. St. Coleman's Italian Festival. We wish them all the best. Thank you. In the future, and we're really glad that proud of me but i think it'll be the 39th annual as a matter of fact 39. coming up yep in 2023 so yeah the uh, italian festival has always been a great event anyway great job thank you um moving along to happy bait does happy bait coincide with italian heritage month well it didn't this year because happy bait never came italian heritage month was strong happy bait not so much and which is the whole reason I wanted you to come in today, because I had a couple of just questions, and the audience and I would like to know. What What's your first question? Did, well, did you or did you get a hundred pounder off the beach this year during Happy Bait? I did not. Is this the first 
This is the first year in a long time. That it is the first year in a long time. Now they were. It looked like they were getting some big ones up north of us, right? Which seems not, to be the case every year. I'm not talking about up north. Those people that are fishing the mullets up north. That's 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 nothing to do with us. We live in Broward County. We're three oh five nine five four South Florida, Southeast Florida. Correct. Those people up there, they don't even know what happy bait and the malt runs all about because six months out of the year they can all all the nerds up there can catch bait it's not like here where 10 months out of the year the nerds can't catch bait and two months out of the year they can except for this year i'm not so sure that people were able to get bait bait but uh yeah you're right it the the run at least down this way was underwhelming is the term i would use well i didn't even i didn't even put in Two days on the beach this year, not even two, not even two days. Well, I, that, that doesn't include checking the beach. I mean, you were checking it frequently as as we all were, but I probably got in five sessions with very little to show for it. Right, right. And any snooks off the beach this happy bait season? Couple. Did you? Yeah, a couple decent ones. Keep in mind that it was blowing like crazy for how many weeks during the mullet run. It was, I mean shut you out of the beach but that's why the baits are getting past us i'm blaming it on it's not the weather it's not bad luck it's not a bad season happy bait is over timmy that's it there will be no more crowning a happy bait champ anymore it's done it will be at least it was on youtube for a while no i mean that stuff on youtube's never gonna go away Thank you. I stopped my heart there for a second. Well, I was just, worried you're going to pull it all down. Well, I'm just saying, it's not <laughs> just my stuff. A whole bunch of people have have documented the mullet run and what it's supposed to be like over the years. And I'm telling you right now, that stuff's going to be there. I'm not so sure anybody's going to be able to get the doc, the documentation going forward. Like, I was all excited to have Pat Ford come down and visit us to right. take him out on the boat so he could get his photos and whatever he wanted to do. I did not feel for a second that if I put Pat on the boat that we were going to see stuff for him to photograph. So are you telling me that the footage of Happy Bait that you've put out over the years, years from now, people are going to look at that the same way they look at the black and white footage of invading Iwo Jima? Yes. On the beaches? Is that how they're going to treat it? It's going to be an archival document? Yeah. Yeah. The way it's going right now, okay, the, the, the... Inverse of the stock market. It used to be great, and it just gets worse and worse and worse every year. Happy bait, the mullet run. And I want to get into some of the reasons why I think it's getting worse and worse. every Or not think, I know it's getting worse and worse every year that most people don't want to really think about or talk about. But the fact of the matter is, the mullet run is over. Forever or just for 2022? It's gone. Forever. As we know it. So basically, the Muller Run has turned into the empty Italian horn as compared to the full Italian horn? That's, just, that's a good way to put it. I mean, what's left of it, it would be like one of those jamokes running around with a hollow Italian it's horn. It's the light beer of Muller Runs. Not even. Yeah. It's not even the light beer. It's like the Heineken Zero Zero. There's no alcohol. Oh, no duels. Right. There's no, there's no reward. Right? You pound six of them, you feel nothing. That's just like the mullet run. You go down there six times, you see nothing, you get nothing. Dude, there was days I was going for my trip, you know, my, yep. da- my daily trip. 
And I'm spending an hour, hour and 20 minutes in September and October to get enough baits that I need to make the trip successful. Right. That's what you do in the wintertime. You don't do that in September and October. You shouldn't have to. Shouldn't have to. Should be able to be one and done. Right. Quickly. And you're talking about the Bruce Lee of catching mullet over here. You know what I mean? Oh, I don't think you're giving yourself enough credit. Bruce Lee. Well, it has to be a bigger... It has to be a bigger personality than maybe the John Wayne. John Wayne, American icon. I'll take it. I'm talking about the average Jamoke that can celebrate the two months out of the year is now the only thing he's going to be able to do is go back and look at old YouTube videos. Why are you looking at me when you say average Jamoke, by the way? Are well, you sending a message? No, because I've watched you catch bait fucking the whole 12 months out of the year like a gentleman. So don't <laughs> don't try to play the victim. <laughs> It is it is a victim society right now. So, so what do you now seriously though? What do what do you think? Do you think do you think we're ever going to see happy bait in any type of resemblance of the traditional mullet run? I'm an eternal optimist. Yes. Now, will it be as consistent? Probably not. Look at the trend. Look at the look at the past fifteen years. Right. Used to be. Every year was great. Look forward to it. You'd have four to eight weeks of solid stuff, right? Mm-hmm. That was the rule, not the exception. The exception was the crummy year thrown in, right? Now, the exception is the great four to six. <clears throat> I can't tell you the last time that we had four to six weeks right. of steady stuff, right? right. We're going so five, the, six years ago was the last time, probably. That That's more the anomaly than the rule. It's a bad trend. And in, in, in the rhythm of the way the bait rolls in nowadays is totally different. We than, were talking about that the other day. It right. used to be, you know, you had a couple of weeks of the finger mullet showing up to kind of get you warmed up, right? Get stretching, you know, before you, right. you swing the golf club. Right. And then the big baits would show up and the big baits would stick around. You get a nice little north wind, push them in. The wind would clock around, hold them up. And you'd fish for five weeks, right, with the fingers mixed in. You could target smaller fish and bigger fish at the same time. What? This year they kind of spread out a little bit when they arrive, right? The finger mullet arrived a little bit ahead of the big baits. But in in prior years, they arrived at the same time. How does that happen? Well, and now it's just a one mesh of bait. Right. There's not a real difference between the big baits and the little baits. As a matter of fact, speaking of big baits, the old hog leg, the one that I've been bragging about for the last 30 years, none. The big black mullets, I never saw one school of them. Not one school of giant big black mullet where, like, you throw the cast net and you can't get it out of the water. Right. I did not see those giant schools of fish with tarpon jumping through them. Not once. I saw a couple schools of fish with a few tarpon jumping through them, but it wasn't the big boys. It wasn't the big mullet. That's true. And it wasn't the big tarpon. I caught plenty of tarpon during September and October. God, does that sound poor. Yep. I just called it September and October instead of, of the, mullet run. the mullet run. That's Freudian. Right. That's horrible, but it's the truth. But I caught plenty of tarpon. It wasn't like the fishing was bad. It just, the mullet run was not there. It was not happening. The bridges did not go off. Not to a great degree they didn't. There, you, could, you could hunt and peck, but it wasn't steady. I mean, it, it wasn't such that you could hit every bridge if you wanted. I mean, it was almost tide independent back, back not too long ago. You didn't have to worry about the tide. There were so many baits pushing through. 
now, like you said, now it's like fishing in the winter and fishing in the other months of the year, the other 10 months of the year. You know, you got to work. And that's what's nice about the Muller Run. The Muller Run was you didn't have to work so hard, and boy, you could see some National Geographic type stuff. Right. Right? Right, and that's when you invited your friends to go out fishing. Sure. You wanted your relatives to maybe come in to town that time of year. You're not crazy overbooked with charters. Right. You could fish in the morning or the afternoon. It didn't seem to matter. Or both. You could catch jacks, ladyfish, bluefish, mackerel, snooks, and tarpon. I didn't hardly catch any jacks this year, Timmy. That's crazy. Like, like you want your you want you want to let your clients sport a few jacks, right? It's the uh, it's the non giant trevally. It's friggin', it's jack sporting. It's a thing. Well, they're canal tunas, whatever you want to call them. People love sporting their jack. They pull hard, and so they get on the boat. These are repeat customers, and they're like, "Yeah, man, we we would just go get a few jacks." And I'm looking at them. I'm like, "Dude, I can't take you to get a jack." I mean, how does it feel when you're telling your clients you can't take them to get a jack? That is not an easy conversation to have. It is not. It's a sad. Not. It's sad. Dude, the inshore fishery, whether people would admit it or not, the inshore fishery was built on Jack. Of course. Jack Cravel's got all the kids hooked. That's what I cut my teeth on. Absolutely everybody. None this year, hardly. I got maybe two, like, really big ones. I'm catching more Jack Cravel in Biscayne Bay in the springtime than I'm catching in the mullet run. That's insane. I'm getting nauseous. That, that's insane. So my question to you is, what's the cause? What is really thwarting the mullet run, whether it's really stacked up and doesn't make it down this far, if it's just not as many baits in the aggregate that are making it? I don't know. My question to you is, given how successful you've been with social media with YouTube, is the social media component one of the reasons why it's not as good? The average chamoke, as you call them. Well, no, that's not an issue. The, the number of people that are fishing the mullet run, the average chamoke, whatever you want to call them, the happy baiter, there was always room for them. Right. Even though there's more now and they're on top of it because of social media, it's not the reason the mullet aren't coming down the coast. The reason the mullet aren't coming down the coast is multiple reasons, but the main reason, the big reason, that's the big three. Let's call it the big three. Pollution is rampant. Right. Not just here in the state of Florida, Georgia, South Carolina, North Carolina. The people from Charleston that reach out to me, that tell me about the overdevelopment that's going on there and the amount of pollution that's coming out of that river. Same with St. Simon's Island and all up in there. And that is mullet heaven. Right. That's where they go. That's where they spawn. That's where the larvae is. And the marshlands are polluted. And it's polluted in Jacksonville. And it's polluted in the Mosquito Lagoon. And it's so fucking polluted here in Miami and Dade that I bitch and moan about it 24-7 for the last, let's call it five years. So that is the big number one. Big number two would be the commercial fishing. Okay. So as we are watching the mullet run dissipate and get smaller and smaller every year, the commercial guys are still pounding the piss out of them. Okay, but they, they outlawed the big long nets, right? They, they outlawed the big long nets way back when. Right. But what's the difference when there's a 
tenth of the mullet that are where they compared to what it used to be. And now you have three boats in Stewart and uh, Jupiter that are going to the back canals because there's not enough of them running up down the beach mm. and netting as much as they can out of the canals. And Black Dip H, Josh, is calling me going out of his fucking mind. He's like, they're killing them all. They're killing them all. Wow. What are they killing them for? For the rednecks to eat or are they for bait? There's a, there's a, whatever the market is for mullet. And these commercial guys have been killing mullet forever. And the fishery has been able to sustain that. Like, I'm not against the commercial fishing. Right. If the mullets were around like they used to be. Right. But they're not. And the commercial fishing is going on and okay. on and on. And the last thing is development. Okay. Their habitats are getting crushed. And the mullet runs like a giant snowball effect. So it starts up north, and as it comes south, it gains momentum and gets bigger and bigger. The reason it gains momentum as it comes south is because, okay, let's bring it all the way t to Stewart. And then you got the uh, Luxahatchee, right? Right. So that river all the way west has a strain of mullet that spawn up in there. Yep. Then you go to friggin' Jupiter. Same thing. The river that comes out of there. I call those local. Those are kind of the local mullet. Right. A little bit different than and the as, migrating fish. Right. And as the temperatures cool off, all of them from all the way up in the Carolinas, but it gets bigger and bigger because those fish that are, that are inland Join are in. now joining in. And yep. then by the time it gets to Fort Lauderdale, where it was the epicenter of it all, because all the rivers and stuff ended here, here yep. in Biscayne Bay, yep. and it would all come together. That's a good point. And they're not coming out of the rivers anymore well, because they're all overdeveloped and full of pollution. And they're dead. And dead. And the argument about them going offshore and swimming in the cleaner water, I think that's always been the case. I think there's been the strain of mullet that are more like ocean mullet that come down in the deeper part. I've always, for the life of the mullet run, people have told me, oh, my God, I saw them out on the second reef today. Right. But that was just... A rando school, not, you know, not waves of them, but maybe there's more of them just pushing through. Well, now. I'm, I'm not water quality. And I'm not hearing about, you know, massive schools of them out there. I hear about the same, you know, every once in a while you hear about a school out there. No, they're not. They're not swimming out to the cleaner water and coming down. They're getting killed as larvae. Did you? Dude, it was just three weeks ago or two weeks ago. They had the big fish kill down in uh, by 79th Street. And you saw the mullet that were migrating south, dying. Dying. It was right in front of your face. You could actually see it. Yep. Brutal. 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 And that's what it's come to. And we're watching it happen, and people are like, dude, why isn't there a mullet run anymore? And then we have an election, a special election here in District 4, where the famous Tarpon River and the new river is. And there was a new commissioner, and there was two guys in that race that were running on water. They were into cleaning up the water. They weren't walking on water. No, they were, That's somebody else. No, they're, they were running on water. They were running on water. They were trying to get elected because of the concerns that they had about the environment and about the water. And you know what happened? Both of them lost. A nice kick in the balls. As usual, very consistent. We lose on water all the fucking time. And it happened again in our small little town, in our one little district, where we could have resurrected the Tarpon River. But instead, we got some freaking guy that's been in politics forever. And the two guys that were running on water 
One of them, dude, he lost by 40 fucking votes. That's how it always works. We were so close. Yeah. We were so close. Even if, even if the guy got into office and he couldn't really do anything, just the whole idea that the guy was running on water and won. The, but he did. The, the local elections, the margins are so small. It's votes counted in the fives and tens. And people that are the people that are vote are sixty years old and don't pay attention. They're not so concerned about that kind of unless stuff it's anymore. Another, yeah, unless it's another issue that they're latching onto, right? I mean, well, just the whole thing. It just you know, it's just tough to watch. And then I'm watching the fish dying in 79th Street. Not just the fish, the mullet run, the baits that are migrating through, suffocating as they're scooping them up by the thousands of pounds. Mm. Mm. And then we lose the little election. It's like, how many kick in the balls can an outdoorsman take? You just got to walk it off, Jeff. So you get kicked in the balls and you just walk it off? Well, no, no. I mean, you need to have a, you know, a little drink. So what did uh, Don Corleone get? Did he get a Zambuca? What did, what did, uh, what did he give Tom Hagen when he found out that Sonny was killed on the causeway? Yeah, those they, were like... He gave him a little drink. That right? was either limoncella or Zambuca. Okay. I would I would probably go with Zambuca because they were sipping it okay, pretty Tom soft. Hagen needed a drink before he went up to Don Corleone to tell him that Sonny was dead on the causeway. Right. So now you've had your drink. Now why don't you tell your godfather <sighs> what happened? I just... I, just, I don't know. I just, I just would have liked to have won... That one little tiny election. So now, at least the elections are over. For another 10 minutes. What do we got? Two years, and then we got we have some more. Uh, the presidential campaign. I'm surprised it hasn't started already. But, so we get like 12 months of normalcy. Oh. No. You don't think we even get 12 months no. of normalcy? No. Dude, it's like we're always in an election. It's and a these... perpetual election cycle. Absolutely. And people act really crazy during elections. Act? No, no. They are. All right. The people are very crazy. Sure. And they come out, and they are hollering and pounding their chest during elections. It's the craziest shit on District 4. Dude, 3,000 people won the fucking, won the freaking district. But the amount of craziness that was going on was totally nuts. It's and a, that's all the way down to a little tiny election like this. Yes. And then we had the whole DeSantis thing. Now, I haven't said anything about DeSantis during this whole election because I don't want people to be like, oh, he doesn't like DeSantis. DeSantis is just fine. But where the hell has Ron been? So we've had the sewage spill from hell, the biggest one ever recorded in the world. We've had three giant fish kills in Biscayne Bay since then. And... Everybody, you know, loves Ron DeSantis, and he's the guy for the outdoorsmen, and he's the dude that's the best thing for the state and everything. Where's Ron Ben? Where's Ron? That's what I want to know now. Maybe he can uh, get some stuff done, get some more federal monies into here. Dude, I don't, even, I don't even care if he gets anything done. But can you come down here and stand on friggin' 79th Street with the men? Well, he'll do that after, talk, after Hurricane Nicole comes through. He'll... How come he did not come down here and, and stand with us, the fishermen, and say that this is unacceptable? Whether or not he can do anything, forget about that. It's a great question. It is a great question. And now that the election is over and he's in. You need to in, invite him. I'm going to, again? Yes, how again. many How many times? As many times as it takes. And I have to invite him. 
Well, I think it'd be a great. That's very. Well, I mean, you Italians are big on hospitality. I be would, hospitable. I would be more than happy to be hospitable. Where's Busaka? But can, you know, he, can he make some you know, gravy? You know who? In, you know who invited Ron? Was the six thousand pounds of dead fish they just pulled out of the friggin' bay? No, no, and that's what I mean. I mean, the election's over. I'm glad that DeSantis won. I'm a DeSantis fan, but right. it's not my point. I know. My point is, is I would love to see some politician actually lead the way. Instead of catering to our complaints or to uh, big organizations like Tappens for Clean Waters or CCA, you know, to come down and, like, because of them. No, I want them to come down because they have some ideas. Well, they, because it bothers them. Right. Directly. Right. It's, you know, he shouldn't have to be told. He should know. Right. I agree. So I agree. that's my only thing. I'm looking for I'm looking for somebody that wants to know some ideas. And that's going to be my thing until the next election. Okay. I'm coming up with the, the top five best ideas that can be implemented. Not 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 like, you know, crazy Green New Deal stuff. I'm talking about like regular stuff that can be implemented. And people are like, what do you mean like regular stuff? Like How about common sense like actions? Like, that like, can like be simple taken? stuff, like the landscapers in the state. And most of it or a lot of it is the municipalities in the state. They just throw the friggin' yard waste right into the canals. Clippings, sure. They clipping, they blow it in, it just goes in every day, all day long, twenty four seven. That is something that we could stop tomorrow. Yep, and they they shouldn't be. God, what a mess! I'm just saying. Okay, so just Ever, it's something that something that crazy simple. Another, I'd like to see some implementations of like uh, water goats, some some top water skimmers to get the plastic and stuff out of the water. Which would be easy, right? It's not like I'm saying. I'm not saying that you know they're gonna come up with some crazy thing that's just gonna fix the water all at one time. But can we show something, some sort of effort? tiny yep. things that can be done because so far I've seen nothing. No, like you've been trying to do small test sections, right? Proof of concept and demonstrate that it works. And then you expand it. And that the fuck is what's happened to the mullet run for everybody that wants to know. I think that those are contributing factors. I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not on a Seinfeld episode. I'm not a Marine biologist, but there, there's something afoot. There's so you, something going on. So you witnessed this. Um, I think it was three mullet runs ago. When the West Coast was having the big red tide. Right. In the fish kill. Three or four mullet runs ago, right? Sounds about right. And, and we had one up in St. Lucie as well. Right. Right? It was posted. You right. couldn't swim and stuff. In St. Lucie and then, and then yeah, on the West. Both sides, yeah. Right. And when the mullet came down the beach that year... They were dying in the wells. Do you remember that? Yeah, I do. So they were dying in the in the in the bait well, and they were like all lethargic and that red the red belly, the, right? That and it was yeah. That was the year. Yeah, they were all weak. That that after that year, they never rebounded. Hmm. Boy, those baits were really weak. Uh, you're right. Right. Something was going on. And that's what I'm talking about. It's not the recreational fishermen, although they did. They the happy baiters did consistently piss me off again this year because the one school well good because they're consistent. You the, know, if you can't be good, be consistent. The one Jeff. school of bait that was out there 
Okay, which I happened to have a banner day that day. I think I ended up getting five. Nice. But there was a school of bait, you know, maybe a block long. It was pretty decent. Right. And the tarpon were jumping all over the place. And it looked really cool, except nobody was catching anything. And they were running right through the schools of bait oh, over of and over and over again. So I pull up and I watch and I let the customer see the things, you know, jumping out of the water and stuff. And like, oh, wow, this is really the mullet run. And then I go about 500 yards away from them to catch the tarpon. As I watch the happy baiters just doing just the happy bait thing. plow through them. Plow through them like they're on their way to a wedding. So the one school bait that did come by. I, I, I had a few instances like that this past mullet run as well with just Jamokes driving straight through the school, shutting the bite down. Right. It happens so often now that I don't even gripe about it anymore. I don't even let it get me upset. I, ex- I expect, and it's every size boat there is. Right. Someone rolls up in a, you know, 39 CV. You'd expect, okay, this guy's rolling up. He, he, he should know what he's doing. Nope. Nope. Just blast right through. <laughs> Maybe flicks me off while he's doing it. Well, you, know, you know, like, what, what are you doing here? Or, or blast right through behind you. So we're both. We're, yeah, well, we're, make sure you can clip all my baits. Yeah, right. on, on the way, and then he then he circles around the front to make sure he shuts it down. Oh yeah, no, that's good. Well, you know, up in New England, they got the same problem. Do they? Yeah, do they. You know, those schools of uh, po- bluefish or pogies. Oh, the pogies or, or um, uh, what are they called? Bunker, 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 and pogies. So they got these big schools of fish, right? Right. And all the striper fishermen are running after them. You know, simple. It's their happy bait. Yep. And they're going through them and stuff. Except the whales were getting pissed off. And the whales were hitting the back of the fishing boats. Beautiful. Did you see that? I saw one video of it. A yes. couple of videos went viral on that, you know, and the news covered it. And they were like, oh, th- like, like it was a mistake. Like the whale hit the boat by accident. Right. No, the whale was pissed. See, like if I was a whale during the happy bait and I was swimming around, I would do that to one of those boats. Maybe you should. Maybe we can import a couple of those whales down here. I've never seen a whale... Dude, we don't. No, we don't need any whales to eat more of the happy bait that's left out there. There was one evening where I swear to you, it looked like Boca Grande Pass. There were maybe nine boats in the port on on this one school, and all of them just blasting through it like they were, like they were trying to. They. It's almost like they were thought they were manatees and they were trying to run them over. You know, I just obscene. Thought, I just thought of something. You and Grim should do a video on that. Do a video on happy bait etiquette. Therefore, all the happy baiters can. You guys can go through the whole process. And it will do good. How? Well, if they watch the video, maybe they just don't know, Timmy. Or maybe they don't care, Jeff. Well, maybe they don't care, but I, I just think it'd be your guys' ob- obligation and duty as ex happy baiters, because there's no such thing as happy bait anymore. To put something out to to at least, you know, try to help these people. Judging by the people that I saw blowing through the school, you have a better chance of explaining quantum physics Why, to not, these meatheads. Are they on Instagram and YouTube? I don't, I don't know then what you, they're on. I think they're got, on meth. Then you got a shot. They're the, meatheads. I'm going to talk to Grim about that. I wish you would. You guys should go over happy bait etiquette, just in case the bait schools ever come back again. Isn't isn't that a paradox? Happy bait etiquette. I mean, 
There is no happy bait etiquette. Well, dude, see, that's what I mean. Like, we can't even laugh about it anymore. And that's what happens when you get stressed. Because not only is the mullet are stressed and the schools are tiny, well, so are the fishermen. I haven't been under this kind of stress in years. I, I can see it in your eyes, really. Please, dude, take a deep breath. Dude, I, I'm I, getting worried. I grew up on happy bait. I've celebrated happy bait. I've promoted happy bait. Check your watch, your and, heart monitor. And now, is it, and, is, it, is it going up? Is it the heart rate going up? Yes, it's dude. It's it's worse than the heart rate going up. It's like somebody's jabbing a dagger right into my heart every September and October now. As I get up and I go to work, I'm trying to pull the dagger out. Do you have any more quaaludes? You, you might. You want a seven fourteen real quick? Quaaludes, dude. That is so nineteen eighties. <laughs> You can't do quaaludes. That'll bring you right back down. That'll take that'll take the edge off. Dude, dude, there's so many pills out now. You don't even need quaaludes, like quaaludes, dude. They, they, dude, the know, millennials are all out there right now on their phone, quaalude, putting it right in. They don't even know what the hell you're talking about. You know, they were doing quaaludes on the set of Saturday Night Fever. Let Busaka know that one. <laughs> best sound, best movie soundtrack. See, see. I, I know that whole Italian Heritage Month, and I know you listen to the... I just love that you call it Italian Heritage Month. You got that from me. Perfect. <laughs> but I know... the, there, there are buttons popping off of the middle part of shirts of all these guineas all over town right now. Yeah, but I know that was irritating the piss out of you and your other <laughs> Irish friends that Busaka and my family, when we were celebrating and having that good time, you guys are all home. Oh, ha- yeah, yeah. Having scotches, bitching and moan about it. Yeah. Drinking our drinking our way through a couple of bottles of Jameson's. Yep, like there they go, them friggin' Italians again. Yeah, but you were right. You were right that the Italians are bitter because we have St. Patrick's Day. You needed to get a month to compensate for the one day where everyone wants to be Irish. Do they want to be Italian all month? <laughs> yeah, I wish the analytics on the podcast had your heritage. Like it's got everything else because I guarantee you can't. Whoa, whoa, you can't. Time out. You can't collect that. Why not? Because not in this woke world. First of all, what do you identify as? What well, I identify as American. Me too. <laughs> no, Timmy. You, you do, bet. You do not identify as American. Uh, below average height American. When you walk down the street and you're carrying your five gallon bucket and you got your rods over your shoulder, some people are going, is that a leprechaun or is that freaking, oh no, that's Tim O'Connor. That doesn't make them wrong. Right, but there's no way are they mistaking you for anything else but. America is the only place where I can be. No, I just wish the analytics on the podcast, I wish I could tell what heritage people were because I guarantee you more Italians, no, more Irish, listen to the Italian Heritage Festival or Italian Italian Heritage Month month. than Italians did. Well, sure. It's kind of like you watch a hockey game to see a fight break out. Of course. (laughs) (laughs) You watch a NASCAR race for the wreck. I don't care who wins. So, so, to get back to Happy Bait, are you even going to take Happy Bait serious anymore? Of course. Hope springs eternal. Yeah, it just I get the itch every August. I know it's coming, even if it doesn't come. You're going to take it serious. Absolutely. You will not. Absolutely. You will not. You're going to fade just like the just like the mullet run did. Oh, so I'm going to get red belly. You're going to get. Oh, red, I'm, going to, I'm going to die in the live well. You're going to get red belly. Red belly. Well, I'm just saying. I think you're going to fall off of the live bait stuff because happy bait. I mean, dude, you were. Th- three-time world champ you have to be feeling 
you have to be feeling this. It, it, it has to be stressing you. And one, why do you think I have gray hair? Of course, right. And that's what I mean. It it bothers me to no end. Right. What bothers me more is that no one's challenging me to be happy bait champion. That bothers me too. It does suck. Maybe maybe there can be a almost happy bait champion. We're gonna we're gonna have to find something else. Maybe we'll do well we do tarpon count, but there's certain guides out there that count different. Right. So it wouldn't you know, you'd have to really come up with some real specific rules. Now Let's talk about tarpon a little bit because, I mean, that's pretty much your favorite query and everything. You're out there. By you're far. looking for tarpon. Sure. Would you say that the tarpon count is pretty much how the mullet count is? As far as on the decline? As far as like just seven, eight years ago, I would say my average trip. Yes. I'd get four or five tarpon. My average trip now, I'm getting one, twos, and threes. I would agree. You know? I would agree. Now, there's going to be people that are going to post on Instagram. And they're talking about catching 20 in a night and all that kind of stuff. I'm talking about dudes that are putting in 200 plus days a year. On average, are getting one, two, three a trip. Probably. Which is down 50, 60, 70% from some six, seven, eight years ago. There's, there's definitely fewer the numbers are on average i mean you still get the good nights right you get a good night here and there for sure but uh it's it seems that way that there's not as many around but i think you'd agree there there's also a an increase in the number of boats on the water huge increase so are the numbers just getting diluted maybe the numbers are the same the boat traffic is definitely have hurt certain spots yep and where fish used to really want to be. But it didn't, you know. That That's not... That's that just not, means that they should be somewhere else. Right. <clears throat> exactly. And simply put, the same thing that happened to the mullet has happened to the tarpon. Well, and that begs the question. If, if there are fewer mullet around or if they're not as robust, whatever, there there's a decline. Somehow, some way. Well, if there is fewer baits in the mullet run if the density of the mullet run is not what it's been over the past few years are the tarpon losing their taste for it are they switching to another food source sooner are they moving somewhere else maybe they're moving up the coast what i'd like to know from your base of listeners and disciples is anybody above say fort pierce like maybe new smyrna are they noticing is is the mullet run still you know, over the past 10 years, has the mullet run just been crazy good over the past 10 years? Or have they noticed a decline up that far north as well, right? Are you ever curious? You know, we're, we're making the assumption that once the baits get to Hutchinson Island, Jupiter, somewhere around there, right? No, they're, see, they're seeing it. They're seeing it. They're just, not just, you know, not just with the mullet, but with the shrimp and with the clams and with the oysters and with everything else. Yeah. What clams, right? Like right. Mosquito Lagoon, they're having to plant them. Dude, Broward, Dade, Palm Beach County, every seawall used to be just slap full of oysters and little tiny and crustaceans barnacles and, and barnacles and stuff. You don't see that anymore. It's all yeah. taken over by black slime. Black slime algae has coated pretty much everything. How do you, how do you reverse that? Mother Nature is unbelievably 
resilient. Yep. She's got filters. You just got to help a little bit. Right. A little bit. But the onslaught is intense, more intense than it's ever been. And then you get to critical mass. Yep. And we got to critical mass the year of that big red tide. Big red tide. After that red tide. A lot of fresh water. Not that it wasn't declining before that, but that was critical mass. Yep. And the fishing has not rebounded, has not been the same, and has dwindled even more since then. And I don't care where you are on the east coast of Florida, it holds true. In the west coast of Florida, it holds true also. I just can't be as matter of fact about the west coast because I'm not a west coaster. It seems like they get pounded worse. But I can go by what I see. And I pay attention to the mad snooker because he smokes the snook. Okay. When I first started paying attention to the mad snooker, the mad snooker was into like East Coasters. He was into catching 30 pound snooks. Okay. And he was into putting his clients on 15, 20, 25 pound snooks. And he was the mad snooker and he had some machoism, you know, to it. Machismo. Yeah. You know, and he was fired up to get the big fish. The snooker is catching as many or more snook than he's ever caught, but he's not targeting those big ones. Because they're not as many? Because they're not there, and he wants to make sure that his clients are happy every night. Same yep. thing you go through, same yep. thing I go through. Yep. I don't worry about if the tarpon is 100 pounds or 150 right. pounds. I'm perfectly happy with him catching four 40-pounders. Well, part of that, too, is because you're like me. Any tarpon is great well i don't care what size they are they're a fantastic fish well, well and people that come down from out of state you know they go out with the snooker and they get 20 snooks 25 yeah. snooks now granted the biggest one might be 12 pounds for the night or whatever still but it's a phenomenal yeah. fishing night and that's why the snooker's doing it the snooker in the old days could do it with the big snooks now i got a little something i had in my hat that i was holding back on you till I got you in here for the podcast. Careful. I'm being careful. Okay. And I wanted you here because I wanted to see your face because I know what this guy means to you. But I got a phone call from our friend George Copeland the other day. <laughs> How is George? George sounded like he was doing good. I reached out to him, I don't know, a year ago, and I asked him to be on the Real Guy podcast. And... um he had some health issues or whatever. And he says, as soon as I'm feeling up to it, he says, I'd love to do it. You know, blah, blah, blah. And I kind of forgot about it. And uh, a couple of weeks ago, he called me up and he said, hey, Jeff, you know, I'm feeling good. You know, and then uh, he said, I wanted to, he said, I've been thinking about your podcast. He goes, because I'm seeing the same thing you're seeing. Great. Not great, but. He was listening. Good. Yeah. And he wanted to put his two cents in. And, um. Ever since I talked to him, I can't quite get it out of my mind because I can't wait to have George on the uh, on the Real Guy podcast. Could you think of any more of a real guy No, than a George Copeland? No. I mean, George, Tommy Green, those two guys, that they have forgotten more about inshore fishing, old school, Lauderdale, you know, Pompano, Palm Beach. Uh, they, they've forgotten more than guys like I will ever know. Well, and they've been, and they've been around... Let's call it twice as long as us. Yeah. Right? So they've sure. been around twice as long as us. Therefore, the stuff that they may be able to tell the audience. Oh. 
the and and th- those are the kind of stories and experience that people need to hear because good days for you and me they scoff at right i mean we have i mean i was fortunate you know to be around those guys so were you as we were kind of growing up and they were established right but the the days and the trips and the numbers that they saw and the quality of fish that they saw and really you'd agree that i mean they built the snook fishery right but they built the market they really built it yeah. and and then they evangelized you know they were ambassadors for snook fishing that's why they had tackle shops you know they cultivated several generations right of kids who would like us that would go and, and fish and they were you know they didn't they, they there were no secrets right they were very giving about tactics they were very giving about strategies to get them they were they were just great and i mean they i, I can't even think of how many anglers that they that are how would you put it you know in college football you know you've got coaching trees right nick saban right his assistant coaches and they get head gigs right and they're successful i mean george copeland and and, and tommy green think of the no. co- the family trees right no they're that the those of, guys have. they're on the top of the pyramid for sure yes and being around twice as long as us being able like for instance i think at 50 years old so much differently than i thought at 30 years old sure I haven't spoken or had a long conversation with George in 20 years. So think about that. Wow. Right. What I want to talk to him about now was not what I was wanting to talk to him about 20 years ago. Nope. And so many of the, these guys that I've been able to interview in the Real Guy podcast over the years has been that way. And it's really cool. So I'm pretty fired up to have George. And I'm going to hit him with a lot of the same questions that I hit you with and see what he comes up with. Because he told me he's still out there fishing great two three four nights a week bridge fishing for snook and doing his thing and i guess he's fishing with his kid a lot that's great yeah and hopefully he's golfing a little bit too george is a good golfer i didn't know that yeah so um when i would see him in the store uh he would he would talk about golfing a little bit and you know he's he's a good golfer that's a great combination great angler great golfer and if anybody hasn't been down to tnr tackle on commercial boulevard right by the commercial fishing pier you got to swing by there. It's old school. We were talking about a blank that, you know me, Jeff gives me a hard time just like you do. I've got all this ancient tackle. <laughs> and once I get a rod with a blank, and I love that blank, this was a, a, a star rod blank that I bought at TNR probably, I don't know, 30-something years ago. And George, just, they don't make them like that anymore. And, and, and Jeff basically just runs the show down there now. Yep. Yep, it's great. Well, so, it's been, I mean, that's fortune for George and for TNR Tackle. But anybody that hasn't been down there, go by there. It's old school Florida, old Florida tackle shop. The guys down there actually know what they're talking about. On the opposite end of your Bass Pro Shops and West Marines of the world, you go into TNR to feel like a man. If you need that. Yeah. If you need that kind of uh, reinforcement. Well, after freaking going into Bass Pro Shops 10 times in a month. Quality compared to quantity. Right. That's it. You get better quality. So wrapping this thing up, what do you tell the guy that wants to be a happy baiter in this day and age? Well, first of all, I wouldn't tell him to be a happy baiter. I would tell him to be a good angler. 
Just forget about happy bait altogether? Well, no. Don't forget about being a happy baiter, but I think you'd agree. You're, the moniker of happy baiter isn't exactly a compliment. <sighs> There's a lot of people start off as happy baiters. Oh, so they have to migrate away from happy baiter. I just want to know what you would... All right, sorry. 16-year-old kid gets a new skiff. Okay. Right. You're down there teeing our tackle, bragging about one of them old TLDs or something that you have. Oh, wow. That hurts. <laughs> and the kid comes in and he asks you what he needs to get ready for the, the mall run. What do you tell the kid nowadays? I would tell him uh, put in his time, check the beach, check the conditions. It's like any other angler, right? Over time, you will figure it out. It's almost like having a mental logbook. I would tell him, look forward to it. It's it's like Christmas. Even when it doesn't happen. I have to go into therapy at the end of each mullet runner when it doesn't happen. But still, the run-up to the mullet run is fantastic. See, I don't know. I'm on the opposite end of the spectrum. Well, that doesn't mean that it's going to happen for him. But I would love for everybody to experience the mullet run. Even just a glimpse of what you and I have seen. And George, right, and Tommy. If you can just see a glimpse of it. One session on the beach of just that amazing stuff. Hooked. See, I want them to see it. But I wouldn't tell them that anymore. And I would have told somebody that 15, 20 years ago. Put in some time, do a lot of bait checks, keep your eyes open, be consistent, early morning, late afternoons. I mean, give them, like, coach them right up. But I think what I would tell a kid in this day and age, don't worry too much about the mullet run. If they find you, consider yourself fortunate. Because I think a lot of people... Will waste a lot of time and energy and get discouraged and go home with the tail between the legs, which is the exact opposite phenomenon of what the mullet run was founded on. You're right. But if it comes together and they get that one session in, that will power them through years. Just knowing that, that when everything comes together and you get that insane three hours on the school and catch some studs, that will that will get you through the lean times. The the, the optimist, Tim O'Connor. Right. Maybe that's the reason why you were a three-time Happy Bay World Champ. Well, I was positive. I was positive that no one else was catching fish when I was. <laughs> anyway, Timmy, thanks for coming in today. My pleasure, Jeff. Uh, where do I pick up the solid horn for me to wear? Does Busaku have it, dude? I don't. It, I don't know how you could get a solid horn unless you went out and bought your own. Like somebody like Busak is not going to get you the solid horn. He would get you the hollow horn and he'd be like, I give this one to O'Connor. Does it come with a Vespa or is that extra? Everything's extra. Okay. Nothing's free in this world, Timmy. Especially all you friggin' Irishmen that want to be guineas. Thanks for coming in. Jeff, I'm here for you. Run that dog. Run that dog.